Welcome to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock. In every episode, Mark interviews others to share stories of thought leaders who inspire others by making a difference. You can find this show on www.videosocials.net and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Now here's the host of Inspiring Business, Mark Bullock. Welcome, and today I'm excited because my guest is my friend and client, Deborah Yelvington. Debbie is the president at Dynamic Design Permits Incorporated, and which is a building permit expediting business based here in New York. Welcome, Debbie. It's wonderful to have you. Hi, Mark. Thank you. Glad to be here. Terrific. So, um, you know, it may be kind of interesting. Somebody might be wondering, why would we have somebody that's in the permit business, you know, on inspiring business? And I, I kind of wanted to answer a question that you and I had a conversation with about recently, which is, you know, what is the purpose of this show? And I, I look at basically there's two types of businesses in the world. There's businesses that are that exist because people need to make a living. They need to, you know, they need to uh, uh, have a profession. They need to get work done and they provide value and they get paid to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely terrific. But then there's those that take it to the next level because they really want to help others. They really want to make a difference in the world and the difference for their clients. And the reason that I asked you on this show is because I've seen a number of the videos that you've created and known you for a while now. And uh, I really get that you're all about making a difference. And one little thing that I'll add to that is Webster's definition or the distinction between a customer and a client. A customer, according to Webster's, is somebody we sell products and services to. A client is someone under our protection. And I know that that is your approach to those that you serve. But Debbie, what's your story? How did your story lead you into becoming a permit expediting business? And then if you could, what is a permit expediting business? Thank you, Mark. It's such a good question. And I'm just so grateful because... You know, what I look forward to every week, first of all, is being in conversation with you and with our video socials group. It's so rewarding. And when you mentioned about the podcast interviews and business leaders making a difference, and I'm like, wow, that's actually my story. So I'll explain a little bit. I went to school for art, advertising art. After that, I started some experience in that field and it wasn't really what I expected it to be. And I wound up working for a structural engineer. And then I did some side work for architects, registered design professionals. So I got busy in the building industry and I had never expected to be, but I enjoyed it. But because I was in a small office for over a dozen years with that engineer, I was you know, wearing many hats and interacting with clients, helping with bill collections, everything. And I found that really enjoyable. I liked working with clients and such. So in any case, as time went on, I found the need that wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and have a business out of home first. And to work towards that goal, I started doing some drafting and planning work uh, from my home office. 
And then amazing thing happened, especially as markets and things changed with the economy. Homeowners wound up needing more help with building permits, either for projects that they were going to renovate on their home or because they were looking to sell their home and were missing the appropriate documentation, you know, finalized building permits and then CO documents. So a CO stands for a certificate of occupancy. Mm -hmm. And that's the final document of approval after a building project or uh, an installation of a structure on your property that once it's inspected by your local municipality, they give you this document and then you're free to then occupy that space. Without that, the structure is in limbo and, and it's not legalized. And then you can't sell your home either. So with changes in that, I found that a building permit expediter is so useful to homeowners who go down to the their building department and don't know what the terms mean. They don't understand fully the documents, how to execute them. So my company, we speak building department jargon. So we're able to advocate for them, be at the building department and help process those permits and then those COs so that they can either have a final occupying their, their structure or to get the COs and sell their home. And that's kind of how dynamic permits got its momentum going from there. Fantastic. And, and I love the word advocate because what you probably don't know about me is I used to, uh, in a previous life, I used to design um, and construction manage uh, custom homes in Hawaii. And so I had a lot of experience dealing with uh, the permit process, et cetera. And when you're doing a custom home, you know, as a contractor, you're often, you know, it's the contractor that's dealing with the permit office to a, to a large extent. And, and the homeowner or, or, you know, the person that's having the house built really is kind of insulated. I mean, that's part of our, that was part of our job is to kind of insulate the homeowner from the mm -hmm. uh, bureaucracy of dealing with uh, dealing with that. But I think, and, and I've seen you do a number of videos on this where people have made changes. They've, uh, and maybe they got a permit, maybe they didn't. Maybe maybe they need to get a permit when they, when they didn't. And so they may be looking for something after the fact, or, uh, you know, they go to sell the house and they realize that work that maybe they didn't even realize that they needed a permit for wasn't done or, you know, a nosy neighbor, you know, calls or whatever, but exactly. basically not having, not having the appropriate permits for whatever work has been done on that house can really get in the way and muck up the gears when it comes to time to actually sell the house. And that not only affects the seller, that affects the buyer because you know, you could get a great offer and be ready to go and mm -hmm. the buyer wants to move quickly and boom, we've got some deck that's been added or a fence that's been added or a driveway modification or something like that that wasn't permitted. Now what do they do? That's a very good point, Mark, that, that I can interject as, as something that homeowners are not aware that if you're going to sell your home, your attorney, your closing attorney will do a title search and get that report done, show it to the buyers. But that's looking for anybody that may have a claim or a lien on your property and you get clearance there. They may also do another step that's called a municipality search. And then they'll go to the building departments and run a search if you pay extra and you're willing to wait a little extra time to verify that all the building permits are closed, that there's no violations. So sometimes they'll take that step. But that still only shows 
things that were started on the property. There is nobody to verify that if there was a cabana put in the backyard or a shed that's too large or too close to the property line that didn't have a proper permit or a zoning variance, there's nobody to verify that those items have been properly documented or even like we said, after the fact, you can get as built permits. So there's a big gap. And that's exactly what we found is the economy turned again. And there was so many um, sales, especially Long Island, New York, um, people wanting to get out of their homes. So they're getting to the closing table or the night before. And the attorney calls them when they realize it, the fire pointed something out and there's missing documentation for things that were added or that pool permit that was open that was never closed happens so very often. So they really need another type of professional in there to do that pre-check before you sell your home. Well, and it sounds like too, and and, and again, I've, just because I've had the, the benefit of seeing you, you know, produce content about this on, in, in the form of videos. Um, and, and we'll get to where people can find that in a moment. But if somebody has, you're really there as a guide um, and, as, and as an advocate, even in the situation where, okay, well, we're going to put in a shed, we're going to make a driveway modification, et cetera. And evidently we need a permit to do that. Why would they want to reach out to you beforehand? I mean, I already know the answer to this question because you know the jargon and you know the bureaucracy and you know how to deal deal with it. But um, why wouldn't they just want to do it on their own, do it, do it themselves? Good question. And uh, I hate to say that decades ago it was a lot easier. There was less paperwork required. But that is the story, especially in the last 10 to 15 years things have gotten so heavy with requirements, regulations. So a homeowner can go to their local building department. They can ask for the proper permit application for what they want to do. And once in a while, there's straightforward things and the homeowner can fill that out. The thing is the building departments are so busy. They don't have the staff to take in your application, make a file, and then call you that you're missing a document. They might mail out one letter that they need something else from you. And if you don't understand that, you can rarely get them on the telephone and you don't know what to do with that. And so weeks go by and you're thinking your permit's about to arrive and they haven't even processed it yet because something was missing. So as a permit expediter, we get in there um, and be that liaison between the building department and the homeowner or the architect, engineer, if they're building something, the contractor, and find out if any documents are missing. So it's that checking up and that um, communication follow through that we found that we excel at. And that is really paramount to the permit processing business. If you don't check the checks and balances, you can't assume that the bureaucracy is going to follow through with all your paperwork in the right way. It's just leaving it to chance, unfortunately, just because they're so inundated. So having a permit professional to go in there for you is getting rid of that you know, the, the fear of not knowing what's going on. We send, you know, project updates to our clients continually. We remind them of the process and educate them. You know, it's not their field of speciality. That's ours. And we just have to put it in layman's terms for them to let them know how we're progressing. And that could be very satisfying to see that and, you know, that permit get approved and handed over and, and the homeowners all happy. It's, it's an exciting piece of work for us. Well, terrific. And, and it, 
and kind of uh, threading the needle here with all of the different components that you just spoke about, you're really a facilitator because you've already mentioned there may be numerous professionals involved in this. There may be an architect, there may be an engineer. Um, there's almost for sure going to be some level of contractor. Um, and um, everybody's speaking different languages and has different levels of experience. And the homeowner, when they're trying to DIY it, they're in a world that, that they don't live in this is this isn't something that they have a tremendous amount of experience with even if they you know had some experience in a different municipality you know at a, at a different time or, or whatever the case may be that may have nothing to do with what they need to do for this particular circumstance i know in in one case um we had bought a home uh, here on long island that was backed up to a preserve and so we couldn't do squat without environmental impact and uh, everything else, there was no way that even somebody with my experience in doing in doing custom homes and in a different in a different state, et cetera. Once we got into all that, it, it was completely off my plate. There was no way I could. I mean, netting had to be put up and, and, and all kinds of you know to, to respect it. You know, a, a survey had to be done. You know that. Um, it wasn't the EPA, but it was, it was one, something like that had to had to come in and do and, and do an assessment of uh, an environmental impact assessment, um, et cetera, et cetera, just to you know make some make some minor change because we couldn't we couldn't risk having whatever we wanted done to the house impact that preserve impact that preserve in any way, shape, or form. So. Um, but not everybody's got, you know, that level, but there's HOAs, there's, you know, exactly. um, and, 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 and so do you deal with, uh, and do you find that? It's amazing what you're pointing out, Mark, right? You have so much experience in, in an area there vastly, but every county in, in, you know, in every state is broken down into different zoning regulations, different requirements. Right. And then if you bring in, right wetlands or um, other uh, special boundaries is in a vast amount of uh, requirements that's very hard for um, the layperson to understand or even somebody with experience when you're purchasing a property. One of my clients had recently said, why didn't somebody tell me this when I was buying the property? I knew I was near wetlands, but I didn't know that I couldn't even build on my own property except for a buffer close to that wetlands. Uh, and it's, it's not there. There may be covenants and restrictions listed on a deed, but it, you don't see that when you're being shown properties through real estate or rarely anyway, from our experiences and talking to homeowners who got stuck in that pickle. And or, or started building something and then found out they had these requirements to deal with. So that's what we want to then step in and help them through those requirements. Would you say, and, and maybe you have experience with this or not, but uh, would you say that a buyer, let's say they, for example, they fell in love with a property and they found out there is some sort of a permit issue that, need, that needs to be resolved, but they're really in love with the property and, 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 and they want to get it. But the homeowner that they're buying from doesn't know how to deal with this. Would it make sense for them to introduce you to that homeowner to get that after the fact or get, you know, to, to get something yeah. cleaned up? And that's happened either from the, the potential buyers 
or from the attorneys involved or the realtors involved. We've been introduced from all of those facets who might be involved in the deal. Um, and some of those homeowners will listen and they want to say, oh, yes, let me straighten this out because I know either this deal's got to go through or I got to find another buyer. So I might as well deal with this issue. And then there are some that will say, you know what, I can't do that right now or we inherited this property. You got to take it as it is and pass it to the next person and, and let them deal with the permit process. But then at least you have some negotiation room in that deal because of the length of the permit process that's ahead. Excellent. And, you know, so my next question is, which I think is being revealed is, you know, how do you make a difference for your clients? And I know that one of those things, just based on our conversation so far, is you're an advocate uh, for them uh, in a world of bureaucracy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and but it, but in what other ways uh, do you make a difference? Yeah. And what's and what's funny is I would have never thought that I would love to work with those bureaucracies so much. But when you build the relationships over time with the different building departments and you have that rapport and you're removed from the property and everything attached because homeowners sometimes get very worked up as you can imagine it's emotional when you're the homeowner so we're able though to bring our professional experience be objective take that property and its issues or questions to the building department and then we can speak with people that we have experience with and they know us and we can work through options and whatever we have to address in on that property um, and let me give you a, another example, though, why um, I love, you know, just the title of your podcast, because what is life if we really don't have purpose? You know, uh, it's not just for that customer. It's not just making that buck. But you want to, I feel, affect people. I think we were created that way to meet needs of others when we can. And over the last couple of years, you can imagine through the pandemic, it's been a, a difficult time. We've worked with several widows, a couple of widowers, and they came to us after having losing their spouse, and they've been left with a myriad of problems on their property. They may be looking to sell the property and downsize themselves, or families got to come and help them, uh, or they want to apply for a, an apartment rental permit to help them carry the house. And But they find after um, the starting of the application process, that there were issues on the property that they hadn't remember, or they don't remember their spouse saying, open permits, you know, whether it's the pools, the sheds, the finished basement, the garage conversion. And so those things do come to the attention of the town when you apply or when you go to sell the home. Um, and, you know, these clients have suffered greatly. So we actually offer a discount for, for widows um, to help them through that time because they're faced with so much. It's frustrating. It's disheartening for them, but we hold the key. You know, we're able to get them out of that pickle for that, that property. We can take their frustration and wanting to throw their hands up in the air over the paperwork that's involved. And we steer them through. We can take hold of it and bring them to a, a resolution. So they have all their permits or COs in order, or we legalize old things so that they can get that rental permit if they need. And they're so happy, you know, they're filled with joy and peace. And, you know, they'll write testimonials on our, our website. You know, thank you so much. You couldn't have done this without you. It was such a, you know, tall order 
dealing with the municipality and now you made the way clear and you got us, you know, what we needed. And that's really rewarding, giving them peace of mind and gives us, you know, joy and fulfillment that way. Absolutely. And so if I may, there's not just doing what you do and there's not just making a difference, but if people don't know you exist, (laughs) <laughs> and that the service that the service exists well basically we end up hiding from our from our uh, potential clients and for the for those that we can potentially serve and really serve best so one of the things that you've done is you joined video socials and uh, so I just wanted to take a moment and say what it is so we get a group of like-minded professionals together from all different types of industries and we take turns in a a um, video conferencing environment um, in recording short videos. Uh, we call them video blog posts or vlogs. And, um, but that's not the only reason that they'll, they'll do those types of videos. Um, and that allows them to get those videos done and out into the, out into the world. Um, but rather than me getting too deep into what it, what it is, why did you join video socials and what are you getting out of it? Thank you, Mark. It's, it's, I'm so thankful. Um, my business coach actually introduced me to video socials and told me that she was using it. And then I may want to check that out. And as I mentioned, you know, through the ups and downs through the pandemic time, I'm very thankful that work continued coming in and that there was a lot of people with vision that still wanted to either uh, build and construct something and they needed permits or they were looking to sell their home and needed those, you know, permits and COs. And so this business coach said, you know, this is a great way of getting the message out. And I needed a new marketing strategy. So I came on, you know, and just conversing with you and Vic is, is you're so gracious and kind and, and, you know, patient with the newbies and it's just always inspiring. And so you know, did some test groups, came in and met people and they're, yeah, they're, they're professional, they're supportive. And they really, those people in my group mentor me. They give me the tips, their experience, how to do things better. It's like a win-win situation every week, even though as a business owner, our time is always so, you know, taxed and what we can fit in. But when I schedule this, this club meeting in my week, I'm so uplifted afterward. And it really is the video social for my blogging is a social time, but I'm doing something so constructive for my business. It's so rewarding. I, I get uplifted. I'm easier now speaking about my business. I'm putting videos out there between a YouTube, Facebook. Um, you know, they're, they're able to be posted on our website. Um, so much fruit has come out of it. But the uplifting feeling and getting the kick and the humor of everybody at the time, it's its really addicting. I don't like to miss it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if any of our uh, viewers or listeners, you know, to the uh, to this podcast uh, have an interest in in getting videos out there for purposes of marketing, marketing your business, I invite you to come to videosocials.net. Um, there's hundreds of videos giving just as we're doing here examples and ideas and suggestions and learning lessons um, uh, through videosocials.net forward slash academy, which is our blog there. Uh, And while you're there, we'd love to have you as a guest. So just click on the guest tab at the top of the screen. 
And we'd love to have you come in uh, to one of our meetings, perhaps even Debbie's, and uh, uh, and check it out for yourself and see how that goes. And Debbie, I believe that the best way for people to reach you at this point in time or to get more information are either through your website, uh, through your LinkedIn profile, and um, through your um, uh, Facebook. I, I believe that you're you're posting your videos on Facebook as well. Is that you, correct? You, and YouTube, right? And and YouTube. So uh, we'll have links below. But what is your website address so that we just so that we know what it is? So it's simply dynamicpermits.com. That's really really simple and really really easy. And so um, so we'll we'll uh, again have links associated with all of this. But one of the things that in, in, in closing, I just wanted to just wanted to cover one of the things that I think that in the realm of content marketing or in the realm of making a difference and letting people know that you're out there and that you can make a difference for them um, is a education process. And I've often said that, you know, don't create an infomercial uh, for a social media feed. Nobody's interested. Right. Nobody wants to see an infomercial. Uh, what they want to do is they want they want help. They want to learn something. They want to uh, resolve a problem. They want to uh, research, you know, what their options are. And that's exactly the kind of content that you're creating, which is essentially educating. Um, but do you f feel that your role is really in part educating these homeowners and educating those that Yes, you have to, you know, put things into layman's terms and they don't need that, you know, uh, they don't need a doctorate in uh, in <laughs> in filing and getting permits approved. But I think that they need to understand what it is that they're up against, what it is that is required. Um, and uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm answering the question that, that I'm trying to ask you. But I think what we what we're all trying to do is to educate our clients. Yeah. I think exactly, Mark. Um, and because the passion that drives me is, you know, meeting that need, relieving the stress off for of the homeowners, but that can only happen if they know to reach out to us. And they don't know to reach out to us if they don't know what a permit expediter is, or they don't realize approaching that closing date or going to buy a home to ask for certain documents to know what a CO is, to know that they should have a, an updated property survey. So my video blogs are there to educate and let them know, hey, don't approach this or don't approach that without having this documentation, you know, set up and ready for you um, so that they can know that way. Um, so the education of the home buyer, uh, the home seller is really um, a goal. If I can just give you a quick example too, where I wanna make homeowners aware, let them be in the know. And we had recently a client who contacted us because he's looking to sell his home in the near future. He wasn't in a rush and had an open building permit for a second story addition on his home. So we pulled up documents, went to the building department and we're about to replace, get that permit replaced so it can be properly inspected closed out. And we find with a new current survey, as you have to submit, that he's added a cabana to this property and um, a chicken coop. Mm. And this is a, a professional person, but suburban America now, it just blows my mind of, you know, how many people are living off the land and want to do that. So the chicken coop was too close in the side yard. 
It needed a permit in the township that he resided. Um, so we had to go for a zoning variance to allow the chicken coop to stay in that yard. So we went and got approved, represented him at the variance. Um, then we went back for the building permit approval, and then we're ready for the day of inspections. And we show at the site to check before the inspector comes there. And we did a double take, my property manager and I, I'm like, wait, wasn't the coop a little further over there? And we look past the weeds and some trees and he installed a second chicken coop before we legalized the first one. So uh, this is an educated professional who didn't think there was anything wrong with putting that down. So people just don't know. It's not their field. And he didn't realize he was opening a can of worms. So he had to reduce the number of chickens on his property, remove one of the coops that we could have the other original one inspected and be able to close out all these permits, which ultimately is what what happened. But so it's little things like that, uh, that uh, homeowners need to be made aware of, you know, shed setbacks, pool filter equipment, where that's located, all these little things add up. So we can educate them so they can reach out. We'll deal with it. We enjoy doing that. We want to advocate for them at the town. There's any way with the inspectors that we can um, work for them and have things uh, be less of an issue. You know, that's what we can do, being their advocate. And it's only going to happen if they're educated enough to know to reach out to us and to find us in social media or on the website. Absolutely. So I encourage you, if you're doing work on your property, planning on doing work on your property, have done work on your property, and there's any possibility the building permit needs to be engaged with, you owe it to yourself to reach out to Debbie. Again, through her website, through through uh, Facebook, and through YouTube. Again, we'll have links below for that. Debbie, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to continuing to see you record your videos on video socials, and um, uh, wish you all the best. Um, I know that you're you're opening a satellite location. Are you ready to talk about that yet, or is, is that a little bit pre- premature? I think um, we'll wait until the next video and maybe do that from down south where we're going to open up. Yeah. All right. Terrific. So you are expanding, you are growing, and that's fantastic. And uh, Thank you. So stay, stay tuned for um, the expansion of dynamic permits. That'd be wonderful to have you. Thank you all for uh, watching or listening. And please do subscribe if uh, through whatever means or whatever channel that you're viewing or listening to this uh, so that you can get more um, opportunities to have listen in on, watch conversations with people like Debbie that are making a difference through services that everybody needs. Again, I'm Mark Bullock, the co-founder of videosocials.net and a phone blogger.net. Have a day. Great. Great day, everyone. You've been listening to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others. You can catch prior episodes on www.videosocials.net and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more.